Welcome to the second edition of Uncovered, the new coal podcast. For those who missed the last episode, Dornier GM Laurie Smith chatted to me about her personal experiences with COVID-19 and how BHP responded and rallied to protect lives and livelihoods. We'll add the link to the podcast on SoundCloud in show notes so that you can catch up. Today, we're discussing mental health as BHP is championing this important topic and raising awareness via Mental Health Month for just one more day across its operations. But before I introduce our guest, I want to warn our listeners that some of this discussion may be challenging for you to hear. Please know that there are a range of free support services available via Beyond Blue and Lifeline, or if you're a BHP listener, via your employee assistance program. With that in mind, we're fortunate to have Keith Patton join us on Uncovered today. Keith is a technician from the maintenance team at Siraji Mine. He's also a father of four and tragically lost his two oldest sons to suicide. So thank you very much, Keith, for being here today and for sharing what I can only imagine is a very painful experience for you as a parent. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? Certainly, Ken. Thanks, Brianna, and thank you, listeners. Um, look, the easiest way to describe it is my entire story. Years ago, a girl asked me on the second date, if we were still together in 12 months' time, would I marry her? And come January this year, we'd been married for 40 years. Wow. In that time, we had four children. 81, we had Anthony. 82, we had Mark. 83, we had Christopher. And 87, we had Rachel, our daughter. Uh, so really close and- together, those boys. They were, yeah. We bought a television then, so that fixed that problem. So <laughs> uh, it was all good. And life was good with the kids, fantastic. Until uh, in the day after Boxing Day in 2002, uh, Mark was out and he had a fight with his partner and he went and hung himself. Now, Benny, you're going to have to forgive me if I get a little bit emotional, but because being a parent, when you lose a child, it's best described as a feeling of emptiness inside of you. Mm, I don't uh, think anyone could ever truly understand it until yeah, it's happened to yeah. you. Yeah, so we felt that emptiness, both my wife and myself. And then after two years, we decided to do something different. So we moved from New South Wales, where we were, up to Queensland, Rockhampton. So you still had children living with you at this point? Yeah, we had. Oh, they'd all grown up pretty well at this time in 2004. Uh, our daughter came up with us. Our son stayed down with his partner down there, but very shortly he moved back up with us also. Um, and we were here a week when we had a call that our eldest son, Anthony, had um, taken his own life over in Adelaide. So uh, we flew over Adelaide, uh, um, had him cremated, and then brought him back with us. Yeah. So how long between sons was that? Two years. Wow. Yeah. All I could do as a parent was work. I just went straight to work. I that buried was your... all my emotions out of work. So that was your coping mechanism? That was my coping mechanism. And after a while, I thought I had to do something. I had to turn a negative into a positive, so I did a lot of study uh, with the causes of depression and suicide. And, and I, was, I did that with uh, Beyond Blue and the Black Dog Institute. And then I did some training with Lifeline. And being that I'm not an introvert, I thought if I can save one life, that means my son's deaths weren't in vain. That's so right. I, I get up and I do talks to mine sites uh, and community groups, whoever wants to have a listen to me. Yep. And so that's kind of how you got involved with BHP. You've been here, well, you work at Siraji, but you travel around to BHP uh, mine sites and talk about your experiences and mental health? 
Yep, I do. I travel and not only to BHP mine sites, but other mine sites also. Just a lot of people know me and know me through the industry. I've been in mining for 17 odd years now up in Queensland. So, and it's a small world. We get to associate with lots of different people. And yeah, it's surprising how a story spreads and we get invites to go and talk all over the place. Yeah. And how has that training helped you like with your grief and, and to help others? It's helped immensely, just particularly with that promise that I made myself. Uh, that was exceptionally good. It exposed the what the causes were of my son's passing, and by sharing that, I thought, well, we can we can save lives. Yeah. Yeah. And have you had like what sort of feedback do you get when you're you're out there chatting to blokes? Because I know, I mean, it's not just blokes; it's women as well. But yeah, lots of blokes bloke. don't want to talk. Women too. Yeah. Uh, what we talk about? Yeah. We get a fantastic response from them uh, because people can relate to me because I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I'm a diesel fitter uh, and I'm one of them. Yep, that's that makes right. sense. Yep. Yep. So uh, we, we talk uh, and they come away with a different point of view. Yep. Yeah, and, and I guess you'd probably see people feel like they could talk to you. Yeah, yeah. As I mentioned, I'm not an introvert. I'm very open and I'm very... If people don't want to ring the likes of Lifeline, they're more than welcome to ring me at any time and I'll sit down and listen to them. Yeah. So what sort of things does your training entail when you go to one of these work sites? When I go to a work site, I generally allow about 15 to 20 minutes for me to talk. Uh, I, first of all, tell them my story and why I'm doing it. And then we, and then we discuss what we do if a particular individual is not feeling right. In other words, we speak about overcoming the small problems in your head to get around the, the thoughts of suicide. So we do it on an individual basis. Yeah, and then the third part of the talk, we, we discuss what steps we take if we find one of our co-workers or one of our family or one of our friends isn't isn't quite right mm-hmm. and, and what we can do there to, to encourage discussion get them to talk yep i think it's important at this time brown we talk about some of the statistics and i hate really don't like statistics because they're terribly cold but we lose eight people per day in australia to suicide and out of that eight six are males because women do something different than what males do women talk Mm. men don't they they bottle up all their feelings and emotions. And it's not their fault. It's they've been brought up to be like that since the beginning of time because to show your emotions is a sign of weakness. But unfortunately, that's killing us. Mm. Um, and so what we've got to try and do is encourage guys to talk about their problems and let's fix these problems when they're small rather than letting them generate and get larger. Yeah, and is there such a thing as, like, coping mechanisms that you can learn? There are. Uh, again, if anyone's experiencing any problems, I'd recommend that they also look at these really good sites. Uh, particularly the Black Institute, they actually go into what different forms of depression are and what steps can be put in place to correct those thoughts. But if anyone's experiencing a lot of pain, go and see your doctor and get put on a mental health plan and they can 
work through the problems that way. Mm. And had your sons seeked help? No, they hadn't because uh, Mark suffered a little bit with depression, but it was nothing chronic. Uh, we've In all this study, we've actually found that Mark's cause of depression and also Anthony's it stemmed from my wife, so the family where my wife had also lost uncles and cousins and brothers to suicide. So in some circumstances, it can be hereditary, the form of depression which my kids had. Mm, and that's probably good to know, so that you know yes. that what you're thinking is not, you know, it's common and, and there are coping mechanisms that can help you. Yeah, exactly. But the key thing is to get on the problem quickly before it escalates, uh, because guys are terrible yeah the analogy i use with a guy all of our problems it's like putting him in a bottle of coke and we just keep on shaking the bottle and shaking the bottle until it finally explodes and generally that's with catastrophic consequence mm. and so, so what's the key what, message that you want people to take away open the lid let the pressure out and talk now i hate you know, i'm really good at analogies i a problem shared is a problem halved. So just by if you're emotionally really upset and you don't know which direction to go, talk. And by expressing what you're feeling, you'll actually bring yourself back down into somewhere which is a manageable area that can be dealt with quite well. With our on-site, with, uh, if, when you're at the mines, uh, we have very good EAPs in place. Uh, with uh, particularly with the BHP side of things, we use Griffin Psychology, and they're only a phone call away. It's a, a anonymous service, and they're there to help us if we're experiencing any difficulty. Mm. And what about if you know someone who you think has got suicidal thoughts? How can you help them, or should you refer yep. them to someone? Yes, you can. Uh, the important thing is, if what we've got to do is identify how you know or what you'd realise if they do had suicidal thoughts. And you look for things like, you know, absenteeism from work, increased alcohol or drug use, uh, moody, depressed. But also one thing we've got to keep an eye out for is all of a sudden, if somebody's been down for a long time, somebody that's all of a sudden euphoric, they're, they're smiling and you're wondering what's going on. Well, they have a plan in place and they know that at 6 o'clock this evening or something that their problems are going to be over. So we've really got to get them and we've got to encourage them to talk. It's well and good to have Are You OK Day once a year, but we need it every day of the year, really. In the mines, we're, we're, we're separated from our loved ones and our, our minds can travel in the wrong direction. So it's important just to talk to people, express how we're feeling, and that way we can encourage you know, a bit of talk and that way hopefully it'll help them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just so inspired that, you know, I mean, you still obviously work full-time as a diesel fitter and, and then you still, you know, do this and help your community and help people because of the problems that you've suffered in your family. Yep. Again, it was that promise, if I could save one life, it meant my son's just went and died. So mm. that's what I run with. And we're doing reasonably well, I'm told, through life, a call from Lifeline not all that long ago. Yeah, we're travelling well. Oh, that must feel good. And so yeah. you do work amongst BHP and other mine sites. Um, what yeah. have you? What are you seeing in place in those kind of companies that's helping support mental health? Well, again, uh, we refer to our, our site with our EAP. That's fantastic. Uh, Griffin Psychology are brilliant. 
but there's other numbers we've got to remember and store on our phone too, and that's Lifeline, uh, 131114. That's a good number to have. And if you Does Lifeline 24 hours? If, like, someone's on night shift or someone, you know, can't sleep, yep. can you ring during the night? Yes, you can. They're oh. open 24 hours a day, and, and you can also email them. Okay. Yeah, uh, and that's a way of at least starting that sort of conversation. But, yep, definitely 24-7 with all of those mobs. Yep. So on BHP sites, Griffin Psychology is our EAP. The numbers your supervisors do have, uh, and they will point you in the right direction. If you encounter one of your workmates isn't right, have a talk to them first. And what we're going to do is actually ask them four questions. Yeah, and they're not in the order which you'd expect. Well, the reason, the, the way I ask the questions is, where are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? And how are you going to do it? That way, if that person goes missing, at least we're going to know where to send the ambulance and the police to look for them. The fourth question we ask is why. And that, that, at that time, we just close our mouths and open our ears and just let them explain. Mm. Yeah. It's such a confronting subject, isn't it? It is, but and it's hard to ask that question, but there's uh, a question that's harder than that, and that's in two weeks' time when you ask yourself, why didn't I do something to help? Yeah, what could I have done? What could I have done? And we know we're not going to save everyone, Brianna, but at least we, we can open the discussion and get them to talk. And uh, What I'd do is get a promise out of them that they're not going to harm themselves. Mm. And then if if we're in work hours, we go to the supervisor. If we don't get a good reaction with that, we go somewhere else until we get help with that person. Yeah. Because we we want to lower these statistics. And I feel like one of the most important things is being aware of your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And expressing your thoughts, and once again, not bottling up your thoughts. Hmm. Uh, as I say, particularly if I'm addressing a group of diesel fitters, it's the same as working on a piece of machinery. You can have a problem that's just a drip, a slow drip, and you can fix it then, but a lot of us don't, and we let it get worse and worse, and then finally that part fails and that machine is off the road. It's the same with guys and girls. If we focus on that problem that's a drip first up and fix it, we won't escalate any further and hopefully we'll, we'll save that person. Yeah. So that's the direction I would like us all to go. So I did also read that uh, BHP has some Thrive Mental Kits available if you are on site? Yep, they do. And so where would uh, you go to go get one of those at work? I would be talking to my supervisor straight away. I'm sure they would have the answer and we can find them there. If not, there's a mental health team on most sites that'll be available through your um, psych medics and they should be able to help you out with that. I'd like to also, Brianna, let you know what's been happening around the place. Uh, in addition to my talks on sites, we've kicked off a, uh, they're kicking off a mental health peer group at Sarachi. Uh, I'll be one of those peers and also a new mental health garden for team members, as you mentioned earlier, to clear their minds when they get a chance. The I can't even weeks. imagine a little mental health garden out there on, you know, all that black <laughs> coal laying around and there's this little oasis. Yeah, well, hopefully it's near the windmill up the head office and that way it'll be a lovely little tranquil place. It'd be nice if you could get a coffee in there too. 
Oh, yeah, you can always find coffee around that office up that top. <laughs> a few other things that have been happening around BHP land in the month of May. Uh, at Cavill Ridge Mine, the senior leaders hosted a mental health uh, Q&A panel for all their leaders. Uh, at Goon Yellow, the leaders are using field leadership activities to focus on mental health conversations throughout the month with great feedback from the teams. And beyond blue, goodie bags were distributed across Broadmeadow mine site. We also, as you mentioned, have access to a range of resources as part of our Thrive Metal Kit at bhp.com and through our EAP. Safety is taken very seriously at BHP and it means healthy mines and bodies too. So that's what's been happening around the traps in BHP land, Brianna. Well, I'm just glad that mental health is a focus and that these big companies are, you know, helping where they can. And for people like you that you put yourself out there, which it can't be easy talking about what you have had to talk about today. Um, I've spoken about numerous times. So yeah. every time it gets just a little bit easier. And as I say, it's part of that promise I made. that If I can save one life, my son's death won't in vain. So I do have a message from James Palmer to play you and I'll play that for you now. Well Keith on behalf of BHP I want to thank you for sharing your experience of what is everyone's worst nightmare. Uh, We'll never know the sheer breadth of your reach, the families you're touching and the lives you're changing by saving and encouraging these conversations and we're all in awe of your bravery and commitment to helping others. So how did that make you feel Keith? Fantastic, it's good to get recognition by reaching out to people. It's important, as I said, we've got to talk about our problems. We've got to stop bottling stuff up. We've got to share them so we can be controlled. Yeah, we can get on top of our emotions. We just can't afford to lose any more people. It, it hurts people too much. Let's, mm. let's keep an eye out for our friends, keep a real close eye on ourselves, and if we're feeling down, talk and seek help. So mental health and suicide, it is such a real problem in our communities and it has a ripple effect across yep. everything, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It, the person themselves that does take their life, the, their problems are over, but it escalates through their family then and, and their loved ones. Um, it hurts too many people. Yeah. So what I've really taken out of today and having a chat with you is just have a chat. Have a chat to someone, anyone. Yeah. The important thing is to, you can ask, are you okay? But I'm a little bit more brutal than that. I'll actually walk up to somebody and say, are you suicidal? Yep. It's more confrontational and it's more more chance of getting a, a, a good reaction. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Oh, your personal tragedies are just, yeah, breaks my heart. I'm just, yeah, so sorry that that's happened to you. Yeah, that's okay. Thank you, Brianna, and thank you all to the listeners. So you can tune in to the Uncovered podcast at a time that suits you via SoundCloud, and we'll share the link on our Facebook page. And if somebody would like to contact me to arrange a talk, they can email me on keithpatton1 at bhp.com. So it's K-E-I-T-H dot P-A-T-T-E-N 1 at bhp.com. Excellent. Thank you so much for chatting to us today. Thank you, Brianna.